Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast, annual best of segment. Each year in December, we replay some of our favorite shows from earlier in the year, the ones we want to make sure you didn't miss. This week, we're replaying episode 369, featuring Holly Gans, a PhD microecologist who studies how microbes and mammals interact, with a specific interest in the role that the gut microbiome plays in gastrointestinal or GI conditions in cats and dogs. Holly founded her company, Animal Biome, to create better diagnostics and therapeutics for cats and dogs with GI conditions. Holly and I discuss how she became interested in this field and the kitty biome Kickstarter that began it all. We review what the term gut microbiome means and how her work relates to animal welfare. This fascinating CCP replay may just change the way you think about treating your kitties with GI issues. I hope you enjoy it and that you learn something new to bring to your work with cats. You've tuned in to the Community Cats Podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats Podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. And today we are speaking with Holly Gans. Holly is an ecologist who studies how microbes and mammals interact. After creating Kitty Biome in 2015, Holly realized that digestive disorders are common in cats and dogs and that the gut microbiome plays an important role in some of these conditions. And so she founded Animal Biome in 2016 in order to create better diagnostics and therapeutics for cats and dogs. Holly received her PhD from the University of California, Davis, and conducted research at the University of California, Berkeley University of California, San Diego, the University of California, Davis School of Veterinary Medicine, and the University of California, Davis Genome Center. Holly, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. You have been all around California. I almost felt like I just listed all the University of California schools right there. (laughs) Yes, I feel like I've made a tour of the UC campuses. (laughs) Which one's your favorite? Well, it has to be Davis, although I loved my time at Berkeley. Fantastic. I have not been to Davis, but I have been to Berkeley, and Berkeley is very nice. But anyway, so here we are talking about cats. We're talking about cat and their digestive health issues. So in essence, I guess we're going to talk about poop during the show today. But first and foremost, Holly, how did you become passionate about cats? I think I've always found cats to be fascinating creatures. I think since I was a little girl, I wanted a kitten and my mom got me one. And we ended up with two, uh, actually two, two rescues, brothers. And I don't know, it just sort of began a, a love affair from early in my life. So how did you end up getting involved with this in school? Tell me about like, did you want to be a veterinarian? Did you want to be a scientist? How did you make that path into gut issues with cats? It's been a long journey. I wanted to actually be a marine biologist and I ended up doing a master's in marine biology down in San Diego. And then I started really getting interested in how microbes interact with animals and did my PhD on that. But I was using insects because it's much easier to do nice experiments with insects and nobody cared if I infected mosquitoes (laughs) with, with microbes. But I was sort of looking at basic ecological questions about how 
microbes interact with animals. And I wanted to try and relate through the more theoretical laboratory work to try and find solutions to help animals that people care about, like dogs and cats. So just to get the timeline straight, were you doing your research when you started Kitty Biome or were you done with that and embarked on just launching the company, you know, right out of school? So yes, I started Kitty Biome in the spring of 2015 after having written a half dozen grant proposals to try and get funding to study the microbiome of cats. And initially, we really wanted to look at like do a longitudinal study and look at how kittens become colonized by microbes after they're born and whether or not the pattern of colonization of these healthy gut microbes might influence their long-term health. But it's very challenging to get funding for that kind of research for cats and dogs. So, I mean, I was focused on cats, but it's the same for other companion animals. So I decided to try basically to use crowdfunding. So I launched this project, Kitty Biome, on Kickstarter as an academic at UC Davis. So I'm going to start asking you some basic questions because there are a lot of people out there that may not know the answer to these questions. And I'm not sure I even know the answers to some of these questions. So specifically, like, what is gut microbiome? Great question. So the gut microbiome refers to a community of microorganisms, particularly usually people mean bacteria, but there are also fungi in the gut microbiome and there are other microorganisms as well as viruses. And these microorganisms have been recognized in the last 10 or 15 years as playing critical roles in health. And, you know, since we have new sequencing technologies that arose, you know, 20 years ago, we've been able to better characterize the vast diversity of these organisms that live in and on our bodies and on our pets' bodies. So, you know, from my standpoint, you know, when I was, I've been in animal welfare since the mid 90s. And, you know, when we had a case with like kittens with diarrhea or other situations, is that what this kitty biome does is like if we have cats and kittens in our care or our own personal cats, and they have issues with their stools? Do we use this in order to try and resolve their health issues? And is this something that we use on our own? Or do we have to do it through a veterinarian? Yeah, this is a great question as well. So Kitty Biome initially was a citizen science project where we were trying to just understand what should the composition of bacteria in a cat fecal sample look like? And can this help us understand whether a cat is healthy? Or are there interventions that a veterinarian or a, a pet parent can make to improve their cat's health? I started the company Animal Biome a year later, because basically, I found that 20% of the people who participated in the first year of, of that research project had a cat with chronic diarrhea or chronic vomiting, and in some cases, also chronic constipation. All of these things can be associated with chronic inflammation in the GI tract. And I really wanted to try and help these people. They told me that they had tried everything, that they changed their diets, that they had tried antibiotics and prescription diets and steroids, but their cats were still suffering and they really were begging for something new and they were willing to support a research project to try and improve cat health. So the, the Kitty Biome product that we sell today is a fecal transplant in a capsule that can be given at home. And it's offered both through veterinarians as well as directly to people. We do recommend that you have a veterinarian involved, especially if you have a cat with a chronic illness but you don't have to go through them to purchase these capsules. 
That's fantastic. And many people out there might not have heard of fecal transplants and using it in the pill. And I've heard about this with regards to people and like people use it for like Crohn's disease and other kinds of, you know, situations, you know, IBS or irritable bowel syndrome or something like that. So what specifically is in one of those capsules and why is this good for the cat? Yes. The reason that we basically operate a stool bank, so we get material from healthy cats who serve as donors and they receive a small compensation, but a lot of the people are doing that because some of them have IBD themselves or Crohn's disease and they don't want cats to suffer the way they're personally suffering. The reason why healthy stool can be helpful is that some people and some cats either didn't get the right balance of microbes from mom early in life, or they had medications like antibiotic exposure that may have inadvertently killed off some of the good bugs in the gut. And the only way to get those back is really through a fecal transplant. They're not just floating in the air, whereas like there are soil bacteria that you can get. There are definitely other good bugs out there. A healthy diet is also, of course, very important and helps to support the growth of the good bacteria in the gut. But the probiotics on the market today don't contain these organisms. And so right now, this is the only way to get them. So how does this relate with when we get kittens in our foster care, a lot of times they have parasites and worms of various types. Is it recommended that we continue doing that standard deworming course of treatment and then do this if those issues don't resolve? That's right. Yes. So I definitely recommend parasite screening, testing to make sure that they don't have, you know, worms and other other parasites or pathogens addressing those. And then, yeah, a short course of these fecal transplant capsule or, you know, otherwise given by your veterinarian can help basically prevent, I think, or what we're hoping is that can potentially prevent chronic illness if you can restore balance to the gut after those treatments. So some percentage of animals seem to end up with you know, chronic diarrhea afterwards. And some parasites like Giardia seem to really perturb the gut microbiome as well. It might be the actual parasite and not just the treatment afterwards that's caused a lot of disruption. What are the uh, types of situations that you see most often, you know, in the the stool samples that you see or in the test results? What's what's the most common stuff that you're seeing? So for looking at, at beneficial gut bacteria, For cats, we do find that the ones that are reported to have, you know, symptoms like diarrhea tend to have what we call an imbalance in this community of beneficial gut bacteria and to not have as many of the good ones as we would like to see. Another thing that we do find commonly when we're testing for healthy healthy donors is that young cats very often do tend to have the feline coronavirus, which can develop into FIP. But what we're finding is that when we screen older cats, we don't run into that as often, which I just think is interesting. So a thought would be that if there's a sample tested and there's feline coronavirus in that sample, just sort of automatically treat to get that out of there just for the possible risk with that or not necessarily the standard course of action? In the case of that, feeling coronavirus, which can somewhat rarely develop into FIP, which is their terrible disease, they don't really understand why it does, but there isn't really a treatment right now that's available for feline coronavirus. So I would just recommend, and most of those cats are asymptomatic. So if you're a breeder, I would take it very seriously and do what you can to make sure you're not transmitting it to the rest of the cats in your facility. But If you're a pet parent, I would just retest again, you know, six months or 12 months later. Do you struggle to find foster homes for your animals? Are you struggling to communicate with your fosters and keep track of what they need? 
Introducing Foster Space, powered by Dubert, where recruiting and communicating with your fosters just got a whole lot easier. Need a new foster for an animal? Simply create the foster request in Dubert and it will automatically send to existing Duberteers and also post on your Facebook pages and groups. Need to communicate with your fosters? No problem. Dubert makes it easy to communicate via text with individual fosters or to get messages out to your different groups of fosters. Your fosters can even put in help desk style tickets for questions or supplies they need, and the Dubert system will help you keep track and stay organized. Check out Foster Space by signing in on your Dubert account today at www.dubert.com. Are you a fan of the online events we hold throughout the year? If so, here's something new from the Community Cats podcast for 2021, the Community Cats Pass for discounted entry to all events throughout the year. Simply purchase this pass before the online cat conference begins on January 29th, 2021, and we will automatically register you for all of our events in 2021. At just $225 for one device, the pass is a savings of at least $85 over signing up for each event individually. Your pass includes access to the private Online Cats Conference Facebook page, VIP access to the Online Cat Conference, the Online Kitten Conference, the United Spay Alliance Conference, Behavior Day, Feline Leukemia Day, Fundraising Day, and our Neighborhood Cats Trapper Certification Program, plus access to recordings for all conferences that offer them. And if we add in any more programs during the year, you will be invited to join those two on us. Just visit communitycatspodcast.com before January 29th to purchase your pass. And we'll look forward to seeing you at our next online event. Is there anything negative about using Kitty Biome? In terms of sort of adverse responses to the Kitty Biome, I mean, so when we started, my veterinarian was like very much of the position that it wasn't going to hurt. I mean, certainly dogs eat poop regularly, cats much less so, although it is known. If you have a cat with chronic inflammation of the gut, they may be less able to tolerate the capsules. And it may be better to see your veterinarian for enema transfer, although that can be, you know, very stressful for some cats to go into the veterinarian and and then they have to be in some cases sedated. Certainly my cat would have to be sedated for such a procedure or would have. But so yeah, there rarely people do report maybe an increase in vomiting or diarrhea which is, I think, to be expected with cats that are already exhibiting some of these symptoms already. And that's why we really recommend that you do everything you can to stabilize the system and reduce the inflammation before you try them. You know, I'm also thinking about it's pretty common that cats like Manx cats or there have been cats that have megacolon, like surgical treatment and that kind of thing. Is there a role for kitty biome to help those kinds of cats? Have you explored that area? It's definitely on my radar. It's very interesting. We don't have enough samples really to say anything yet, but we should definitely look into setting up a study in the future. Yeah, I think that would be very interesting. I I just know quite a few organizations that have had cats that, you know, just have those issues and see if there's help there. And so I'm just trying to think about the other. So Kitty Biome was created in five years ago, 2015. And you said you've collected samples. How many samples have you collected in the five years? Aggregated with the dog samples, we have sampled more than 4,000 cats and dogs. We are desperately actually still interested in getting more healthy cats. Most people who come to us, you know, are interested in doing our testing and trying our products because they have a real problem they're trying to solve. So I think that in terms of healthy cats, we really only have a about 100. We're getting more because we're always screening healthy cats to become donors. But 
Yeah, so it's a growing database. It's one of the largest that there is, but there's a lot of cats out there. So we definitely really want to get as many samples as we can. Are you finding it hard to find healthy cats? Well, because we're excluding young cats with feline coronavirus, that seemed to be very prevalent. And like 50% of the cats that we tested had it. We started to wonder if it's just becoming really widespread and that maybe that's part of being a healthy cat today. But for now, we've been excluding those, which limits what we consider healthy. The other thing that we exclude is if they've had antibiotic exposure in the past year, because we really want to try and understand what, you know, a, a cat microbiome should look like if it's, you know, hasn't been exposed to medications and other things. You know, a lot of us have quite a few kitties. Is kitty biome expensive? Yes, I think that it is to some people. We do try and offer a lot of promotions to help people. It isn't in terms of the amount of effort and expense people who have a cat with a chronic digestive condition. When we talk to them, it's it's much cheaper than what they're doing already. The reason that it costs what it does right now is because we basically are picking up this material from people's houses and making these capsules by hand. We can't get somebody else for us and we wouldn't trust them to. I consider it very much a labor of love. We do have people who don't have a lot of means who still use our products because it really makes a difference for their cats. And we do everything we can to help them be able to afford it. Is it a one-time application or is it something that's ongoing and you have to just keep taking it all the time? So the thing with inflammatory bowel disease in cats is that it, it seems to be linked with the development of gastrointestinal lymphoma. So for cats that have GI lymphoma, we have a number of, of them, and they tend to take it longer term because it's not going to cure cancer, but it seems to alleviate, for some cats, it really does seem to alleviate the symptoms. There is a nice Ars Technica article that was written about one of the first cats to try this. He was owned by a, a reporter who writes for Ars Technica, and he had the reporter had backed the Kitty Biome Kickstarter and sent in samples from his two cats. And then one of them went on to develop GI lymphoma a year later. Anyway, there's a nice description there if we wanted to link to that article. Great. We'll definitely do that. Yeah. So we just have a couple more minutes here. I'm just interested in finding out, are you continuing to do this on long-term scale, continuing to build out the program or, you know, what's up ahead for you? Our aim really is to create a new generation of probiotics for cats that includes these key beneficial bacteria that are really important for health. So in the future, you won't have to ask for fecal transplant, you can just get new microbial cocktail that's tailored for your cat's condition. And that we can have, you know, grow in fermenters, and it'll be much easier for us and for everyone else. And it will be a lot more affordable. I did want to add because I, I don't think I fully answered your question about was it one time, it was designed to be a one time course of the, the fecal transplant capsules, or people also call them poo pills. And for about 40% of the time, it is a one-time course, and it makes a big difference. And then another 40% of the time, they might need longer term doing a few or more courses of the pills. If you're, like, say, feeding cats outside, and you happen to know that they have, you know, some GI issues and that kind of thing, or, you know, you're dealing with a, a fractious cat or something like that, I mean, is there anything that we can do on the food side? Do you have specific recommendations on the food, or are there, like, powdered supplements we could put in the food or, I don't know, break the capsules down and put them in the food or anything like that, that would be somewhat beneficial? Yes. So we do recommend 
adding a little bit of prebiotic fiber, depending on the, the test results. We do microbiome testing as well as having these poo pills available. And we also have a new product that we're launching that includes Saccharomyces boulardii. It's a yeast probiotic that does seem helpful. I know people are breaking open those capsules and putting them in their cat's food and finding them useful. It also has a bacteriophage that knocks back some of the more harmful strains of E. coli. And then, yeah, in terms of fiber, we like a little bit of inulin or something like that. You need to be very careful, though, if your cat has constipation, it would make it worse. That's excellent. If folks want to find out more, Holly, about the work that you're doing, how would they do that? You can find out about Animal Biome at animalbiome, A-N-I-M-A-L-B-I-O-M-E dot com. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? Yes, I'm just want to thank you all for doing such a great job taking care of your kitties and giving them wonderful lives. Holly, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. and We can keep talking poop. So I'll check you next time. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 